Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk As you follow behind me, to spare me from the harm of my past, with your hand of love upon my life, you impart a Father's blessing to me. This is just too wonderful deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there, waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It's impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me from your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my night. Amen. Well, amen, amen. Well. Thank you, band. Um, you'll be employed at some point um, <laughs> again. I found some tissues, so that's good. If you're on the floor, please stay on the floor, if you like. Ha. Okay, that's great. Joe, you're, you're here with me tonight. That's great. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Anna. So Anna and I... Um, Hmm. are going to release something. Um, we're going to um, speak over you at some point as well. And uh, So I'm going to talk about... Um, this is my last kind of thing in the series I've been doing since March. Okay, so this is the last one of 2018. So it's the ninth one. Um, and um, I think this might be something I do f- more fully in 2019. It's kind of um, working from rest. Um, but before I do that, it's just that's, that Anna read out that amazing passage in the, in the Passion Translation, Psalm 139, verse 5 to 11. And um, I just want to highlight a couple of things. Um, and I mentioned this at the centre, I think Lisa, where Lisa is, um, I th- Lisa was there when I was speaking at the centre on, on Thursday night, healing centre. Um, amazing verse 5, you've gone into my future to prepare the way. Now think about that, God's gone into our future to prepare the way. Ah. Thank you God. So I shared a story, um, and before I go into the rest of the scripture, I shared a story, which is a true story, uh, which is actually in the soul book. And um, I'm kind of coming out tonight to say that it's my story, because <laughs> um, most of the stories are anonymous, unless you know me, and then you'll know it was either me or it wasn't me, but this one was me. Um, there was, um, and it's talking about God going into our future, and going into other people's future, to... Um, you know, to prepare the way. And um, there was a, um, about six years ago, uh, I woke in the middle of the night, um, very alarmed, knowing the fact that two people who we knew well were in my, in, in, in the spirit, I could see them spinning around in a car. Um, and uh, they were in a kind of in a car accident, and I just felt that uh, my job was to um, uh, pray that angels would protect them, and that would be safe, and that Jesus would be there. So they're actually in a life and death situation, and um, and that was it. And uh, I prayed very fervently in tongues, and then I stopped and went to bed. And then um, I told Juliet, I think, didn't I, Juliet? I told you. And I told no, no one else. And then um, a year later to the day, to the actual day, to the very hour, 
um, that actually happened uh, to our friends. And uh, I only found this out uh, one or two days after, and they recounted the story to various people. And um, so um, I actually shared that with them um, once I got the opportunity. But it just shows the fact that actually... So God woke me up in the middle of the night exactly to the hour, a year to the day, to the hour ahead of the time that it happened to actually because God goes into our future to prepare the way. You know, I cried out for angels, for Jesus to look after them, and they said that in the middle of spinning around in the car, this is exactly what was happening, they were spinning around in the car at that very moment, that very hour, 12 months from the day that I actually prayed for these people. They said they felt the tangible presence of Jesus, his angels around them, they knew they were safe. So, friends, Psalm 139, verse 5, is real. Is real. And he's gone into the future to prepare the way. And in kindness, it says, God follows behind me. And there's, there's at least two scriptures in Isaiah which talk about God being our rear guard and watching our backs. You know, God's got our backs. <laughs> but God is watching our backs. And, he's to, and, and he actually says to spare me from the harm of my past. All right, there's things in our past that would seek to harm us, that would seek to rob us of our calling and purpose. Yeah? So God spares us from the harm of our past because of what Jesus has done. Yeah. Exactly. So God spares us from the harm of our past. I know. God spares us from the harm of our past. With your hand of love upon my life. All right, God doesn't come to condemn us or blame us. He comes with a hand of love upon our life. And we can't hide from that love. We can't hide from it. And the rest of the psalm talks about that. It's impossible to disappear from God or ask the darkness to hide us. Do you know that? Thank you, God. For God says your presence is everywhere your presence is everywhere and it brings he brings light into our night so what i'd like to do at this point is if anna could come up and join me is we'd like just to pray over you in tongues Because actually, God wants to bring light into any aspect of night that's, that is around us, that has actually been um, assigned against us. Not something that we might have said, yes, I'll have some of that. It might have been assigned against us. And so God wants to bring his light into that night. And we know that darkness cannot coexist with light. So as we speak words of light and life, that darkness has to go, and we are freed. So where confusion reigns, it will go. It's a matter of authority as sons and daughters. That authority has been purchase because we are sons and daughters so it's not actually dependent on what we do we have that authority it's not like god i need to get that authority we have it we need to exercise it so that makes sense 
So what we're going to do is, if there's any darkness that you feel has been assigned against you, we're going to command that to go. And if there's any darkness that has been assigned against your family, you can actually speak that into your family as we speak out right now. Does that sound, sound good? Because we're actually following Psalm 139. And Anna's got an amazing tongue, and I'll just join in, you know. Um, and I, when Anna speaks, I just see fire and light come out of her mouth, and it's just amazing. So I, I'm going to give her this microphone, and I'm going to get one of my own um, and um, join you. But is that all right? So um, Rachel's going to help me. And then we'll talk about um, working from rest. How about that? But really need, this is a good place to start. Okay, here we go. Ah. Wonderful, wonderful. Is that on? Yeah. I'll give that to Anna. And then see. Is that, that's on? Perfect. Perfect, perfect. So if you want to stand, that would be good, actually. Because it feels like we're being intentional. If we're standing, we're being intentional. Yeah? So as we're speaking tongues, you speaking tongues as well, not just, just not us speaking over you, it's, 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 we're, all, we're all in this together because we want the, that light, the light of God to come into any night aspect, any darkness that is actually troubling our lives, yeah? Whether it be sickness, health, torment, depression, suicidal thoughts, anything like that, we're just actually saying, actually God, I don't want any of that. That is not actually got any right to be in my life so it can go. Okay. Start. I'll start. You join in on it. <laughs> then I'll, I'll get clear. I'll get... You get louder, I'll get softer. Sura <laughs> Dura baba baranda kuruyanda kadadishkadade. Indukura baba baba baranda kadadishkadade. Sura baba baranda kadadishkadade. Sura baba baranda kaduriyanda kadadishkadade. Indukura baba baranda kadadishkadade. Sukura baba baranda kadadarayan sukuraya. Indarada dokuyan sararadayan dodaya. Indu kura baba baranda kadadishkadade sukuryanta rarayanta kadadayan sukuryanta kadadishkadade hallelujah surayan sukuyan sararaya suyanta rarayan sukuyanta rarayan sukuya sura baba baranda rayanta rayan soraya indarada kuyan sararaya Dukura papa paranda kadarayan suya sura rararararayan darayan sukuya alleluia sura rararayan suraya suyan suya rararayan darararayan alleluia 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 jesus is lord Sura rararayan, sura rararayan, tururayan, sukuya. Hallelujah. You are the Lord of all. Sura rararayan, tururaya. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. You are the Lord of all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is Lord, you are the Lord of all the earth, you are the Lord of all the earth, you are the Lord of all the earth, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is the King of Kings, Jesus is the King of Kings, you are the Lord of Lords. You are the Lord of Lords.
the King of Kings. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the King of Kings. You are the King of Kings. Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord our God. Can um, just um, join that exercise. Can can you just wave um, because this is encouraging. Can you just wave if you actually you know that either you feel lighter or something happened or something stirred within you that you can't articulate. What you know? Can you just kind of wave and say something was going on during that time? Fantastic, fantastic. And you don't have to understand it. That's the whole point is the fact that the resonance that is coming particularly out of Anna's voice was just, it just does something to you, you know, inside that you know that something has started. It's like a chain reaction, isn't it? And you, and, and you think, you know it's God and you know it's good, but, it, but actually it may have only just started. That is the whole thing with a chain reaction. You don't know what's happened until that chain reaction is finished. And often chain reactions increase. So what God has started is going to increase in your life. Yeah? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Whew. So I was crying on the floor. Now I'm all wobbly. I'm, I'm standing. Uh, stand, I know, I know. I know what's, what's changed. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so, um, I'd like to talk to you about um, working from rest. How many of you think you might need to hear this? I'm putting up my hand. Okay, so mark it, it better be good. Because I want stuff from this. Um, for those that don't know, um, um, I'm a professor in the medical school. I'm a dean of business development. I've got a spin-out company. I run uh, Speaks of Life Prophetic Network. I do lots of media. I was doing BBC work on Thursday. Um, I'm a father of two amazing boys, a uh, husband of an amazing wife who's now very embarrassed because I've said that. Um, uh, Exactly, exactly. She's embarrassed. Of, of 35 years next August, all right? So, so yeah. So, uh, the usual story is we got married when we were 10, so there we go. Yeah. 
So, and, and you will have other things. There's a lot of things that go in, that go on in all our lives, all right? And, um, and I say no to probably about at least two-thirds of the things that I'm asked to do. All right, I, I'm going to write a book at one point of how to say no. I am very good at saying no. I found the joy of saying no. It, it brings me, you know, not, not that I like to put people in difficult predicaments, but I found the joy of saying no. You know, because actually we only need to say yes to the things that God wants us to do. Yeah? Because that means, because actually if God wants us to do something, he will give us the grace to do it. If we do the wrong stuff, we just get tired and grumpy and worn out, all right? And we, we know what that feels like. So, I'd like to introduce you to, and the full story you can find on YouTube, it's a guy called Leif Hetland, and it's the three chairs. You know the three chairs. Who's heard the sermon of the three chairs? Some of you, about four or five. I heard this years ago, it is so freeing and it helps me to be, to remain in one chair. Okay, there are three chairs, I'm only going to talk about two of them tonight and actually I'm going to, Jerry could you help me to, could you could bring two chairs here, so I want one chair here and one chair there if that's possible, thank you, thanks Jenny. Right, lovely, 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 thank you. Right, so because you're looking at the chairs, this will be chair one and that will be chair two because that's the way it normally goes, yes? From left to right. So, we can sit in chair one and we can sit in chair two and we're saved. Right? Jesus has saved us. We've made the prayer. We've invited Jesus into our life. He set us free. Yeah? Because chair three is for those that haven't done that yet. So I'm just talking about chair one and chair two. Chair one is rest. And you could think of chair two as work or performance, or striving, something like that. So we can, as in the title, work from chair one. As I'm sitting in chair one, I'm in rest. So I can work from rest. So my whole being is rest. So chair one is when we're actually allowing the Spirit of God to call the shots. Spirit of God calling the shots. Chair two, and we value our mind, our will and emotions, don't we? Because they're God-given, yeah? We don't despise our mind, our will and emotions. Please do not despise your mind, will and emotions because they're God-given. But... We don't let our mind, will, and emotions determine our steps. Yeah? Because they should be subject to the Spirit of God. So while I'm sitting in this chair, I'm going up and down with my emotions. I'm making decisions on my emotions. I'm letting my mind rule my heart. I'm becoming very willful against the will of God because I'm not allowing the Spirit of God to rule my mind, will and emotions. So I often tell my mind, will and emotions, they're great. I said, I love you. I love my mind. I love my will. I love my emotions. But get in line with the Spirit of God. And actually, you can train them. And they do. Exactly. And I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. So, how do we do that? So in chair one, 
you're a receiver. A receiver from the kingdom. Right? We're a receiver. Guess what we do when we're in chair two? It's all about achieving. I'm an achiever. Nothing wrong with achieving, but if that is our major driver, our identity is based on what we can achieve in our own strength. Yeah? But when we receive from the kingdom, the fruit of that is actually we achieve. Does that make sense? Doesn't mean we're rubbish at our jobs. We can be, you know, the world's best. And actually my research group is the world's best. All right, it is. But it's you receive first from the kingdom and the achieving follows. Shall I tell you something else about chair one? It's based in revelation. Revelation that you get from straight from heaven. Because that makes us dependent upon God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because if it was based on information and not revelation, we wouldn't need Jesus in our lives. Because we would have all the answers. Thank you. Tree of knowledge. Thank you, Tim. Ha. Rather than the tree of life. Chair number one. What is my identity? I'm a son, a daughter. I'm working from my inheritance as a son and a daughter. I can go to the fridge and freezer of heaven any time, any day, and help myself. It's my inheritance. I don't have to achieve. I don't have to beat anybody else down. So I can get there. So because of that, what we do flows out of who we are, not the other way around. So when I'm in chair one, what I do flows out of who I am. Because I know I'm my heavenly daddy's happy thought. When I'm in chair two, I am what I do. And so when what I do doesn't go according to plan, it assaults my identity. I become protective, I become aggressive, I become competitive, and I want to put other people down because it is a threat to my identity because they are doing better at what I do and if my identity is linked with what I do, that is an assault on my identity. If we've never done that, we'll come across people at work who will act like that because actually they're operating from that position. And that's why they're doing that. So instead of being a son or a daughter, they're acting with an orphan spirit. And that's a separate sermon. But why we're on the orphan spirit, an orphan spirit unless you say no to an orphan spirit they will accept any other answer as yes if somebody you are interacting with is trying to get you to do something if you say maybe that's a yes if you say I'll think about it that's a yes you may know people like that you may even have been like that the only way that actually you can make it clear to someone who's operating out of orphan spirit to say absolutely no. 
the joy of saying no. Back to chair one. I like this, I get to sit down. Remember in Psalm 139, it was that God goes into the future to prepare the way. And he's dealt with the stuff in the past. Remember that, that amazing verse 5 and 6 in Psalm 139. Our heavenly daddy treats us and speaks about us according to our calling and destiny, not according to our history. Shall I say that again? Our Heavenly Daddy treats us and sees us and speaks about us according to our future, our hope, our calling, our destiny, not according to our past or our history. Because he dealt with that. So in chair two, we might see God as being more concerned about what we've done, what we've not done, what we should have done. And we keep reminding God about all the stuff that we should have done, that we haven't done, and everything else like that. And, and, and actually losing sight of our identity and our calling. Identity, calling and purpose is important for all of us. God is really interested in that. And he's seeing us in that light in chair one, not according to our history. So if you're thinking, actually, Mark, I don't know what my calling and purpose is. Join the dots. And sometimes it's a process. We don't get it all at once. Often we get it step by step. And it's usually the case. Janet told me about the next step for her in February the 24th. (laughs) Sorry, Janet, it's out now. But... um, That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying any more details. Um, Sometimes that's all we know. Which is fine. Because if often we knew any more, we'd muck it up. Yeah? Chair one is about commitment. Chair two is about compromise. Because <laughs> I'm not really sure about my identity. What I try and achieve is through my own efforts and actually trying to get other people on board with my efforts. And so to do that, I have to compromise. I lose sight of my absolutes. And while I'm in chair two, I'm really concerned about the assignment that I need to do in life. And I'm going to use my um, self, my energies, my will, when I become maybe self-centered. to achieve the things that I think I should be doing, which is actually called alignment. So we get going with stuff that we think God wants us to do, or we think he should be telling us what to do, or even the church should be doing, and so we just get on with it without really checking it out with God or anybody else. And we talk about that's our assignment. Without checking in, on whether heaven's behind us or anything else like that. And we're out of alignment. 
and we get worn out. We get grumpy and we think, what was all that about? However, if we're in chair one, we're dwelling in rest, we're dwelling with the sound of heaven, we know our heavenly daddy's voice because actually that's what our identity is, he's talking to us all the time, everything else. So we know that we are aligned with heaven. We are know that we are aligned with the plans, purposes and the calling of God. We know that the peace that we're going to hear about later, Anna's going to read a, 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 a scripture from Hebrew about peace. We know the peace of God in that. And so out of that alignment, because God is nudging us, he's knocking off rough edges of us all the time to keep us aligned with him. We know that. We know that. So out of that alignment, we can then do the assignment. I can give testimony, and Juliet hopefully can nod to this, is that I do a lot of assignments. I do a lot of assignments out of a place of alignment. For people who know me a little bit, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nice writing, thank you. Um, out of those assignments, they do not drain me, they do not make me grumpy, they give me life, I am refreshed by them because they are the plans of heaven. Does that make sense? So you can actually appear to be busy, but you're not because actually, well you are, but actually you're from a place of rest. And you're aligned with heaven, and because of that, you have the flow of heaven and God's purposes and peace and love behind you. It's like having a hosepipe with a kink in it. As soon as the kink's gone out, the water flows really easily. And you think, my goodness, was that all it took? Yes. Tonight you're thinking, actually, Mark, that may sound great, but I feel a million miles away. I, I think that's not true. If there's no water coming out the end of the hose, it might be that there's just one simple little kink. You just need to go say, okay, God, what's going on here? So you just need to straighten that bit. You think, whoa, that made such a difference because you're now aligned. It's a happy place, I tell you. It's great. I love it. Chair one. You'll use words like, who can I bless? Who can I bless today? As we heard from, from Alan, there are 600, curses, uh, 600 blessings in the Bible and 200 curses. So, we should be in the business of blessing. When you're in chair two, you might, your language might be, bless me. Bless me, bless me, bless me. Now, I'm not saying we aren't supposed to receive because receiving is chair one. But if the whole point of bless me is it for it to stop there, then it's all about you. Chair one is about habitation. Holly and Janet on the front seat there, they're good friends. I assume I see them a lot together. <laughs> Janet would be very disappointed if Holly um, called in one day and said, um, I'm actually only going to stop 10 seconds. I just want to visit you, but I just don't want to spend much time with you. It's like a visitation, but it's not a habitation. How, you know, I mean, what a delight when actually, you know, you invite Holly around and she stays for an hour, two hours, eats all your cake, drinks all your tea. Exactly. But that's not true because God has the last word. God has the last word. So, when we're in a place of so I'm now in visitation, all right? So I'm in a place of visitation, not habitation. So because of that, I'm only making a transient visit to God. 
So I'm not getting the big picture. Why is that important? We have battles to fight. Yeah? We have battles to fight. We're in a spiritual battle. We have battles to fight. God puts us in situations where we're meant to stand up for the kingdom. And we have battles to fight. We have battles to fight for health, in our families, for people coming to know Jesus, etc., etc. If we are visiting, we don't get the big picture. So, in chair two, we fight everything and everyone because we don't know which battles to fight. Do we know people like that who fight everyone and everything because they don't know which of the battles to fight? And then we end up bruised, battered, and feel like giving up. Whereas in chair one, you read the Old Testament, they knew which, David knew which battles to fight. Yeah? Just read the Old Testament, he knew which battles to fight. And actually, how to fight them. Because he didn't do it all the same way all the time. Hear the marching, the sound of marching in the balsam trees, what's that all about? Well, it's a different way of fighting, but he knew that was the battle to fight. And so because of that, he won the battles. Is this sounding good? Hmm. So, I could go on, but I think, I think you've got the message. So, what's the secret? The secret is rest. The secret is knowing what will come to force you from chair one to chair two. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. In this context, the Holy Spirit is the superglue that will keep us stuck to chair one. The Spirit of God, keep me in chair one. But that person's just said that thing to me and they're doing that and they're operating from here and they're doing this and trouble is coming against me. And I'm really tempted to go to chair two because actually I can see I, I could do something about it. Self in chair two. So the secret is ask the Holy Spirit to keep you in chair one, but be aware of what the enemy would try and distract you, entice you, everything else to be in chair two. Because there, in that place, you're not in a place of rest. You're in a place of performance. And you are more vulnerable to the enemy affecting you. Yeah. Whereas here, you think, I don't have to perform, I don't have to do anything, I don't have to impress anybody, you know, God's my heavenly daddy, I'm, it's just all this fruit is coming out of my life, and it's not wearing me out, and I'm blessing others, everybody's happy, I'm my daddy's happy thought, it's really simple, it's not complicated, anybody can do it. Why would we want to be in chair one? So we can actually do work, and a lot of work, and we can put in the yards of work that we need to do in what we do. So it's not saying you don't do that, 
But actually, it's from a different place. So it becomes a joy, not a trial. It becomes life and not death. We talked about, we saw that in Psalm 139. Tim knows this, this is a, an example from a week and a half ago where we were soaking and I had a complicated issue to deal with about um, a PhD exam. I did not know the solution. It was complicated. We'll leave it at that. I've been thinking about it a lot. So I soaked, I rested. I was in that place of alignment. When you're in that place of alignment, I got a heavenly solution that everybody agreed with. And I'm thinking, this is amazing. Why didn't I think of that? Because I was in chair two. I wasn't in chair one. It was so easy. And Tim knows this, it wasn't it? It was so easy. So. This is my ninth preach. Nine is the number four, fruitfulness. Nine fruits the spirit. And tonight, the nights I'm going to tell you about the green door in heaven. Because green, in dream language, is fruitfulness. I didn't realize this until today that this is my ninth time and I'm meant to tell you about the green door. Okay. Because working from rest is about fruitfulness. So I won't tell you the whole story of how I was in the heavenly place because you'll just have to listen to March and April SoundCloud. But anyway, I was in a heavenly, uh, like a heavenly courtroom, um, and having gone through various places, I was covered in eyes, like, just read Ezekiel, the whirring wheels, you're covered in eyes, you can see all over the place. This is the second time I went through the green door. The first time I went through the green door, which had a green ribbon on it, I just saw um, fruitfulness, fruit and food, which turned into a banquet that was prepared for many. It was a big table. I was there. There were lots of people around, people were eating. It was a, it was a great place. The second time I went through, covered in these eyes... And using faith, hope, and love, which was the springboard of the doorstep into, through the doorway. You open the doorway, and there's faith, hope, and love there. I step onto faith, hope, and love. I am sprung into this enormous room, which is the green room. And so that's why faith, hope, and love is important. Okay, We should, have, we should maybe have a series on that, on faith, hope, and love. Because it opens up the... Um, vista, the dimensions of what God has for us. Yeah? Faith, hope, and love. And we know the greatest of this is love. So picture, you know, Olympic standard Mark running through this door, stepping onto, the, onto this kind of like springboard, like, you know, on the gymnastics thing, and I go flying right up into the air. And so with the... With the uh, aspect of faith, hope, and love in my life. I saw more than a single table covered in food for a number of people. I saw that the banquet table was now surrounded by lots of banquet tables in a huge hall that went on for as far as my eyes could see. And I was high up. So already I've got a different dimension on what God is showing me. So when actually God shows us things, there is more to see. 
And it might be that faith, hope and love is the springboard to that. Do a study on it. And as I looked, some of the banqueting tables, they were all covered in food. I could see that some of the tables were completely occupied, but many of them were partially occupied. I remember saying to God, where are the people that should be at these tables? Some of them were yet to come, because we know there's an invitation to the feast. And some of them haven't actually been taken there by Jesus because they haven't taken Jesus' hand yet into their lives. The table is ready. The invitation card is Jesus. But then there were others that, were, that had come to the place of the table, but they were sitting under the table eating the crumbs and the excess that fell off the table and were being satisfied with that, which broke my heart. Because it's like, I'm saying, God, why are they sitting under the table? It's because finding satisfaction in a morsel of the heavenlies and of the goodness of God without actually dining the full meal. And we do that when we sit in chair two. We're making do on scraps. Because actually we're sustaining ourselves with mind, will, emotions and self. And that can only do some. It can't do all, abundantly all. And that's why we get disappointed and angry. Because we know that's true, but we can't help it because we're still in chair two. When we're in chair one, everything is possible and the freezer is full and I can go there because I'm a son. And nobody's going to tell me anything different. And if they can, I'm not listening to them because I know I'm a son. And the reason I know a son is because God keeps telling me I'm a son. And I believe him. And my response to people saying, you're not a son, well, come and join me at the fridge. Because that's where I'm going. With boldness and confidence. Hey. <laughs> so as I stood there, I came down and stood there. And without realizing it, because I'd take my place in chair one, I actually saw in this room, in the green room, that there were um, young shoots, green shoots, growing up between my toes and around my feet. I saw um, that actually they grew and became a canopy and it provided shade and shelter and fruit and for other things to come in and find shelter as well. I'm thinking, God, what, what, what is that? What is that? And God is saying, you know, how many scriptures are saying God will give us the land that we walk on? That we are fruitful where we walk. So this isn't just, this isn't just the theoretical thing. This is every day we walk and where we plant our feet, they are fruitful. Because we're operating out of a place of rest. We're operating out of where we can receive. We're operating out of a place of habitation. And so we tend to think about the scriptures where about we look at the righteous man or woman's reward, the prophet's reward. What's that all about? Well, that's all about providing a canopy for others to actually receive the anointing what you walk in. So, for example, I know that when I do prophetic gatherings, people will say to me, Mark, I never had a prophetic word at all. Something changed. You and I, our atmosphere changes because of the anointing God has given you. You have a canopy that people can come and actually learn and step out on in a safe place. Yeah? 
And we know that. We know that to be true. So, I'm looking at the time, so I need to finish. So is that good? Yes. But, God, but actually, this is coming down now, I'm going to hand over to Anna. There is trouble. Jesus said, you will have trouble. So what happens when there is trouble? Trouble will try and take you to chair two. But actually, I want to be in chair one. So what is the antidote to trouble? The peace of God. The peace of God. And actually, as our gentleman says, it's to do with your heart. Because Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. So there might be trouble on the exterior, but actually on the inside, we can guard our heart against that trouble. And actually, the peace of God, Philippians 4 verse 7, transcends all our understanding will what? Guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So that's our, as it were, internal protection against the trouble that will come. And that peace will keep us in chair one as we're guarding our heart. Does that make sense? Okay, so I know there's a lot in that, and it was quite coherent for me. <laughs> so I wasn't, it was very coherent for me, which is quite amazing. This may be the only time I preach where I'm coherent, I don't know. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask Anna to read out Hebrews 13, verse 20, which talks about the God of peace, and it is a blessing. And Anna, I'd love you just to, to pray and close. Would that be great? And then um, we're open for ministry to, um, you know, if you say, actually, Mark, I want to be in chair one and I'm struggling. You know, let's, let's, let's be intentional tonight. Yeah, let's be intentional. So Anna, thank you very much. Yeah, let's pray. Um Thank you, Lord, for tonight, Lord, and thank you for the word that Mark has given. And, Lord, let us operate from a place of rest. And like he, uh, Mark said, and Hebrews 13, verse 20 says, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything everything good for doing his will and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever Amen Amen, Amen. Amen. Rachel's got something to share Thank you Anna and you're going to join me aren't you Anna? Um, I, just, ooh, I just saw um, very simply that if you're feeling very much stuck in chair 2 that you come and sit in chair 2 and Mark and Anna will pick you up, not literally, but, and, and put you in chair one, um, and that that prophetic act will, will be an activation of you moving into chair one and into the season of chair one. Amen. So thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, everybody. And um, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Amen. Isn't this, isn't this lovely? Very, very sweet. It's just that God is doing a deep thing. Yeah. So the advantage is that Anna and I are actually in chair two. So as we take you from chair two to chair one, we're actually dealing with our chair two issues at the same time as we're going to chair one. All right. So it's not, yeah. Okay. Amen. Amen. So, um, I saw, um, as soon as we started doing this chair two to chair one thing, which is just a prophetic act, it's like a, you know, sim, sim, a symbol of what, what, what's happening on the inside, a whole load of angels have just pitched up, and they're so excited. Also, what they're doing is, as you're 
sitting in chair one, I see, and this is, this, you know, it's a kind thing, it may sound like a very dramatic thing, is the fact that actually there's a very, um, there, there's a kind of almost like a surgical needle is kind of almost going into your head and, and actually by doing that, that God is dealing with mind issues. You know, because actually chair one isn't about, you know, emotions, mind, will, emotions. So actually we can be sitting on, on chair one, you know, by an act of will and say, I'm sure I'm going to be in chair one. Even though I'm thinking this and my thoughts actually belong in chair two, I'm actually intending to go into chair one. And by doing that, God is, de is then dealing with that, that issue. So don't feel you've got to actually have everything sorted to do that. So there's almost like a Holy Spirit angelic operation with your mind. It's like a cerebral operation that God is doing just there. And it's just, a, I just see a kind of needle going in into people's minds and heads. And it's great. You know, so thank you, God, if that helps. All right? Which it does me. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly neurosurgery. Thank you, God.